Chapter Five of Her Benny by Silas Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lorraine Paquette. Chapter Five. O oh, Death, what dost thou mean? To sleep, perchance to dream. Ay, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. Hamlet. We must now go back to the morning when Benny and his sister left their home and pay one more visit to Adler's Hall. Dick Bates got up in the morning with a splitting headache and, if the truth must be told, with an aching heart. His sleep had been disturbed by horrid dreams, the recollection of which haunted him still and made him feel anything but comfortable. He had dreamt that he had been working near the docks and in going close to the edge of one of them he saw his two children rise to the surface of the water clasped in each other's arms and while he looked at them they opened their glassy eyes and cast upon him one lingering reproachful glance then sank to the bottom again twice during the night had this dream been repeated and when he awoke in the morning it was with a vague fear of impending evil dick bates like many other hardened and cruel men was at heart a great coward besides being very superstitious he listened several times for any movement downstairs but all was still and this only increased his alarm for he knew his children were in the habit of stirring early and he saw by the light that the morning was far advanced we may judge therefore of his alarm when on coming downstairs he found the room empty, and he thought with a terror in his heart that made the perspiration ooze from his forehead that perhaps his children had been driven by his cruelty to put an end to their existence. He tried to banish the thought as weak and childish, but he could not. His nerves were completely unstrung today, and he did not seem at all himself. When his wife came down, he sent her into the neighbors' houses and into Bowker's Row to inquire if any one had seen them. But everywhere the same answer was given. No one had either seen them or heard them. His wife characterized his fears as bosh, and declared he were worse than any old woman. The brats'll turn up again tonight, never fear, she said. And Dick sincerely hoped in his heart that they would do so. He was too late to get any work that morning, so he spent most of the forenoon in the house, brooding over his fears. And while he sat there on the low stool, with his face buried in his hands, memories of other and happier years crowded in upon his brain. His boyhood life in the country seemed to him now, as he looked back at it through a long vista of years, like a happy dream and he was glad that his old father and mother were dead and did not know how low he had fallen. Then he thought of the morning when he had led his first young bride to church and of the few short years of happiness that had followed. He remembered, too, the promise he had made her on her dying bed that he would take care of the children and meet her in heaven. Alas, how he had belied those solemn words! He had not cared for his children, he admitted to himself with shame. But, on the contrary, 
he had cruelly neglected them had behaved towards them as the veriest brute and now perhaps they were dead driven to death by his cruelty then other thoughts took possession of him if they're dead he said they are better off what is there to live for better for him to die now than to grow up to be like me and sal then he began to wonder what dying meant if i were sartain he said that there war naught arter death i'd die too and he got up and walked about the room after a while he sat down again and buried his face in his hands once more mary used to say he mused that bad people went to a bad place and was tormented for ever but that if we was good and trusted in the saviour we should go to evan and be happy for ever and poor old father and mother used to say to same i remembers it very well ah me i've nearly forgot all sense of it though and thus he mused hour after hour heedless that his wife swore and raved that the brats had eat all the butter and walked off all the taters when however he was made to comprehend this fact he became less concerned about his children and a little before noon he started off in search of work but all the afternoon he was gloomy and depressed and instead of going to a public house as was his wont when the day's work was done he set off home much to the surprise of his mates who grew warm in a discussion as the evening advanced as to what had a comed over dick bates from seven to nine he sat in his own desolate home alone for his wife was in no humour to keep him company and every patter of feet in the court made him start and look eagerly toward the door in the hope that he would see it open and his children enter but the door did not open and his children never came i wouldna a minded so much he said if i hadna a walloped poor little nell and he vowed with a terrible oath that he would treat him better into future if he ever had the chance but when the clock in the steeple not far away struck nine he started up muttering to himself i canna stand this i wonder what's a come to me if the barons would come home i reckon i'd be all right but the barons did not come and he started out to get a glass to help him to drown remorse his mates tried to rally him but they had to confess that it was no go and when at eleven o'clock he left them at the corner of the street and once more directed his steps toward adler's hall they touched their foreheads significantly to each other and whispered it as their opinion that dick bates was a-goin wrong in his noddle and was above a bit loony when he reached his home he opened the door with a beating heart all was silent save the heavy breathing of his wife in the room above he went to the dark corner where his children slept and felt with his hands but the bed such as it was was empty and with a groan he turned away and hid his face in his hands and again his past life came back to him more vividly than it had done for years i mun go and look for him he said i shall see him floating in one of the docks as i did last night in my dream and with a feeling of despair in his heart 
he wandered forth again into the now almost deserted streets as we have before stated it was a clear frosty night not a single cloud obscured the myriad stars that glittered in the deep vault of heaven and as dick bates wandered under the light of the stars along the long line of docks no one would have believed that this anxious-faced man was the brutal drunkard who only on the previous night had punished his unoffending children without mercy was it god that was working in his heart bringing back to him the memory of other years and awaking within him better thoughts who shall say it was not still on he went starting continually as he fancied he saw something white on the dark still water how nice it would be he muttered to sleep for ever to be free from the worry and trouble but how could he know that death was endless sleep might it not be as his mary said it was the beginning of a life that should never end he was now near the boat under which his children lay it was his footstep that startled them just as they were dropping off to sleep it was his voice that muttered the words o oh, death what dost thou mean how near father and children had come to each other but neither knew of the other's presence then they drifted apart again to meet no more on earth there were only a few small vessels in the next dock and all the lights were out there they be sure enough said dick as something white floating on the surface of the water caught his eye and he went close up to the edge of the dock forgetful of the fact that the huge damp coping stones had by the action of the frost become as slippery as glass he had scarcely planted his foot on one of the huge stones when it slipped from beneath him a piercing shriek ran out on the startled air followed by a plunge a gurgling cry and the cold water closed over him a moment later a pale agonized face gleamed up from the dark water a hurried prayer floated up on the cold frosty air saviour of my mary save me then the water closed over him again two other times at longer intervals dick bates's agonized and horror-stricken face appeared for a moment on the surface then the ruffled waters grew smooth hiding in their dark bosom the dead body of richard bates whose soul had been so suddenly called to its account the next day the dead body was dragged to the surface and conveyed to the dead house where it was claimed by his wife an inquest and a funeral followed of which benny and little nell never knew and it was well perhaps they did not the knowledge would have been pain to the little waifs and they had already as much trouble as their hearts knew how to bear end of chapter five